welcome to episode 21 of the Belong Conversation podcast. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to those of you who've sent me messages about our recent episodes. I absolutely love hearing from you about the impact of these conversations and how much they resonate with you. So please do keep the messages coming. They really make my day to read them. In this next conversation, I have a conversation that I never would have had if it weren't for this podcast I don't think I I'm really clear on the fact that I don't want kids and I'm in a committed relationship with a woman and so it would never have occurred to me to have a conversation around male fertility if Ian hadn't approached me but after speaking to him I realized that this conversation is an important one last summer back in the days when we were allowed to have physical events which is starting to feel like a lifetime ago we had an event which was all about masculinity and we had a, a lineup of cisgender male speakers who all shared about the impact of toxic masculinity on their sense of identity, belonging, confidence and happiness. And that event resonated hard because, and I get that I'm speaking generally here, a lot of men still find it so difficult to open up about their emotional struggles. And just one area of that is around fertility and all the connotations of having to be strong for your partner and what your fertility means in terms of masculinity and internalized failure. And that's why Ian and I had this conversation. Ian is a fertility expert based in Brighton and he supports couples through the emotional and physical struggles that come up during fertility treatment. We spoke about what led Ian to realise just how little support was out there for men, what impact he saw of that lack of support, and the webinar that he recently co-hosted with Fertility Network UK and their ambassador, racing car driver, Toby Trice. Ian shared some of the fears and misconceptions that can arise for men around fertility, and what more needs to be done to open up the conversation and provide adequate support for both members of a couple. Now, we do talk in a very binary and heteronormative way in this episode so I do want to acknowledge that and this is because Ian works predominantly with cisgender heterosexual couples and I also want to give a content warning around themes of mental health, fertility, conception and pregnancy. I really enjoyed this conversation and we packed a lot into 25 minutes. I really hope that if you're going through fertility treatment now that you find support and solidarity here. Hello, Ian. Thank you so much for joining the Belong Conversation. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. Um, if you could start by just introducing yourself um, and telling our listeners what you do, that would be fantastic. Sure. So, uh, yeah, my name's Ian Stones. I'm a uh, fertility and wellness uh, practitioner, with, so a specialist interested in fertility. Um, and I'm based in Hove, and then I have a practice also up in Farnham in Surrey. Fantastic. And what, you know, what, we spoke about this before, <laughs> just before yeah. we started recording, but, you know, you, what you do is, is a fairly unusual job. So how did, you, how did you get into working in the fertility space? Uh, sure, it's a great question. I mean, there's, I'd love to say that I've got this amazing kind of backstory of my own fertility journey that, that kind of led me to where I am. But it was actually um, sort of a career, a major career shift. So in my kind of mid-20s, my dream had come true to, to work as a full-time firefighter. And I was based at Farnborough International Airport up in Hampshire. And, 
you know, after a couple of years of sitting around not doing a great deal, other than watching planes go up and down and chasing some birds off the runway every now and again, I kind of felt like there was something missing, really. Um, and I'd started having some acupuncture with a, with a local acupuncturist. And I was chatting away to him and saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really bored with my job. I'm really fed up. I don't really enjoy it. Um, and I was absolutely fascinated by what he was doing. And he was explaining the treatments to me and Chinese medicine and, and Chinese sort of uh, medicine philosophy. I was like, this is amazing. And he's like, well, look, you know, the college is just in Reading. Why don't you go along? Go along to one of the open days. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So off I trotted rather kind of naively, I think, and um, joined their open day. And again, I was absolutely kind of blown away, really. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Um, so I filled out my application form there and then and handed over my, my what was my house deposit. Um, and here we are 17 years on. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into what I was doing. And then my practice very naturally evolved into seeing more and more fertility clients. And I did some specialist training with the Zeta West Fertility Clinic in London. And I couldn't think of a more rewarding part of life to be working with, um, to be on that journey with couples and helping them through what could be an incredibly challenging time mm. um, and building up a really strong relationship with them is just so, so rewarding. So, um, yeah, it's just amazing. I'm really, really lucky to do what I do. And what, what are so, what are some of the most, you know, if there are if there are such a thing, what are the sort of most common, most universal struggles that come up when with with couples having fertility issues from from a sort of mental health and emotional space? Oh, good question. Um, so, generally speaking, couples come to me after they've been trying for about a year and a half to two years. Mm-hmm. So they've normally, you know, been through the mill a little bit. So they might have, you know, I mean, that's not always true. Some are just kind of starting on the sort of IVF or kind of NHS-supported treatment. But many that come to me have already been through maybe one round of IVF or they may have had a miscarriage or, mm-hmm. you know, they've been diagnosed with unexplained fertility. So they're kind of... A little bit at their wits end they're like okay what else can we do we kind of there's so much that we can control in in our lives but actually for for some people their fertility everything's taken out of control for them and they're feeling the pressure they're feeling the stress they're a lot of their friends are falling pregnant um they're beginning to feel left out so there's a lot of um there's a lot of pressure a lot of stress um you know, for women, there's often that kind of feeling that their body's letting them down, that they're kind of failing in what should be the most natural and easy thing in, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, the guys carry a lot of pressure as well to, mm-hmm. to support their partner. Um, so I, I don't think there's one universal kind of thing or issue that, that people have. I think there's, there's a whole myriad of, of things going on for people. Mm-hmm. Um, societal pressure, family pressure, work pressure, career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you've got to think about your diet. You've got to think about what exercise you're doing. So it just becomes this huge kind of pressure cooker, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is is try and release that pressure for them and help them cope with everything that's going on around their fertility journey. 
And how, how do you do that? I mean, is, is that mainly therapy or you mentioned Chinese medicine? Like what, what kind of are some typical ways that you work with, with couples? Yes, I mean, my training is, is um, traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So there is elements of that in, in what I do. But over the years and years of practice that I've had and um, having seen hundreds and hundreds of couples going through this, there's, I, I've realized there's so much more that goes on within the treatment room. Mm -hmm. And actually, so many of my clients say that I'm like a counselor to them. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's about providing that space for them yeah. to come and talk openly and honestly. There's no fear of judgment. They can just be open, let, let things out. Um, so there's that element. But there's also the, the kind of practical support as well. So my, my clients are always absolutely amazed as to how much we cover because mm -hmm. it's not just come in, have your treatment, off you go. It's, okay, what's going on in life? You know, how are you coping with your work stress? How are you coping with your, your daily routines? How is your sleep? How, how's your digestive health? Mm -hmm. so actually, what I do is I bring all of those elements into my work with my clients to help mm -hmm. them take the stress out of their lives. So whether that is meal planning or how to write a to-do list or how to set you know, realistic goals for your week so that actually if you strip all of that stuff back, you kind of take the froth off the top of, of life. You kind of you take everything down a notch or two, which mm -hmm. then gives people the space to kind of breathe and relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the main the main reason that we're having this conversation today and the main reason that, that we got in touch was the fact that you've realised over the years how sort of little support there is available for the men whose partners are going through the fertility treatment. So what was it and when did you realize how how little support was out there for for men and and you know what did you decide to do about it yeah good question so i the nature of what i do i think it naturally kind of attracts more women to in terms mm -hmm. of treatment um and the the whole kind of ivf fertility kind of journey is often very heavily focused on the woman. So the woman has a, a lot of the tests and the scans, and then obviously if it comes to IVF, then the egg retrieval. Um, so the women then kind of come looking for more support around diet and stress and lifestyle. Mm. So the majority of my clients have, have always been kind of women aged 35 to 42. And it was probably about two years ago. I was in a, in a training evening with some other uh, practitioners and we were talking about male fertility. And it was just, it was like one of those light bulb moments. This is like, ping. I was like, hang on a minute. But this is the big part of the equation that's missing. It's just, you know, absolutely crazy. And, I, you know, I'd often, you know, try and help the women that I was working with sort of send advice back to, to their husbands, their partners, and say, right, you know, he's, he's got to be concentrating on, on X, Y, and Z. But rarely would I actually get the men would engage in treatment or, or speaking with me. And, you know, as I, as I spoke to more women about how it was for them and their partner, it just made me realize that it was, the, like I say, the big part of the equation that was missing. So I started doing a little bit of research with my, my clients and, and their partner 
husband. And it then just kind of confirmed everything that I, I thought, which was they, they need support. They're, they're really lacking information, support, somewhere to talk, uh, realistic, practical advice. And what often happens is that the woman goes away and does a lot of that research. And then um, she tries to, to pass that on to her husband or a partner. But the problem is it's really hard to kind of coach your own ecosystem, so to speak. So that then just creates a whole lot more kind of stress within the relationship. So actually what I'm now able to offer is somewhere for the guys to go and get, and get that help that they need. Mm. And tell us, uh, there was a webinar that you organized recently that was a, a great success. So mm. te- tell, tell us more about that and how, how that came about. Uh, so that came about thanks to the work of Fertility Network UK, which is a fantastic charity that's there to support you know, anybody going through fertility treatment. Um, they've got a huge raft of resources and, and online support groups and, and uh, people on the end of the phone to, to chat. And they they got in contact with me. So I've been doing some work with them over the last sort of couple of years anyway, and it's a charity that I support. Mm-hmm. And they got in, in contact with me, you know, in amongst the um, the lockdown kind of period and said, look, you know, we're thinking about running a male fertility support group. Would you like to kind of head it up? And we've got this chap called Toby Trice, who is a racing driver, who is, is an ambassador for Fertility Network UK. And he's very open about his journey. You know, would you two like to co-host it? And I was like, yes, too right, I would. Um, so we, we got set up very, very quickly. And, you know, initially we kind of had four or five register and, and I had visions of it just being me and Toby sitting online chatting away with maybe two or three guys kind of with their cameras turned off just listening. Um, we were kind of knocked off our chairs really as we let in 29 men mm-hmm. to this online support group, uh, many of which wanted to share their story. And it was just you know, a huge success to create that space for men. And for me, it really reaffirmed that that support is needed and that, you know, I'm on the right track in terms of, you know, raising this conversation and, and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what, what were some of the common, the common struggles that, that the, the men who attended that webinar wanted to talk about? Uh, I think what really came out of it was, was how much of, of the fertility journey men end up having to carry. Um, you know, it, it is a joint venture, of course. It, you know, it takes two to make a baby. But let's say with IVF clinics and fertility treatment, the, the focus is very heavily on the woman. Mm. And the, these guys were talking about going to these consultations and that it's like they weren't there. You know, every, all the questions were asked to the woman. Very little time was given to the guy. Mm. And... So there's that element. So they're not getting that kind of attention or, or getting any support in the consultations. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the woman's having to go through some very unpleasant physical kind of treatment, the, the hormonal treatment, all the emotions that go with that. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the guy's a bit like, okay, right, what can I do? How can I fix this? How can I support this? So they end up kind of carrying that journey and they have nowhere to go and release that kind of pressure and that burden. Mm. Um, and it, for some guys, you know, it can have a really profound effect. And there were there were a few on the call that you know did did discuss the the mental emotional impact for them themselves. 
And I think, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we're talking very kind of (laughs) making sweeping statements about gender here, but generally it is so much more difficult for for men to feel that they're able to open up. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. And it is a bit of a sweeping generalisation. But I really got a sense when we did this webinar that Mm. things are beginning to change. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we've seen such a big push around kind of prostate cancer and and men's mental health over the last few years, which is fantastic. Um, Mm. I think this is the next big one that really needs to to come out Mm -hmm. um, because it has such a big impact on men. Mm -hmm. And I mean, have you had much feedback since the conversation from the, the people who attended? Yeah, we had loads of really positive feedback throughout, you know, loads of stuff popping up in the chat box. Thank you so much for making this happen. Um, really nice to hear the stories, you know, just just for people to know that they're not alone is, is so important. It can be such an isolating mm-hmm. journey. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got a male fertility support group that I, I, I'd already set up online anyway on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a few of them have now joined that to hopefully kind of start building and creating a community. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of them were like, okay, great. When's the next one? When are you Mm -hmm. going to do another one? We really want another one. So uh, the next one is the end of May, which is a couple of weeks away. So that's really exciting. That's fantastic. And, you know, obviously at the moment we're, we're having this, this conversation in May, 2020 and the global situation at the moment is not ideal. A lot of us, you know, the UK has been in lockdown now for coming up to a couple of months. Mm. And, and I'm guessing that for many couples, um, fertility treatment has just been, been put on hold. So what, what kind of impact are you seeing that have on, on your clients at the moment? Again, emotionally and in terms of, you know, their, their, their fertility journey being interrupted. Yeah, I mean, f- for some, I think it has been absolutely devastating. I think mm-hmm. if you were, for those that were right on the brink of starting, um, I think that's really hard. In fact, I spoke to somebody uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. They they literally had started treatment. They was, uh, His wife had started injections, and then they stopped on day five, wow. um, which is pretty much halfway through the kind of stimulation phase. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that's just devastating, you know, because there's such an emotional build-up to start treatment and there's a lot of excitement as well sometimes for couples. Mm, To to suddenly have that taken away must be really, really hard. Um, I think for other couples, you know, in some ways, it's given them an opportunity to to go away and forget about it for a little while. Um, Mm. Some have, you know, used the time to focus on their diet and their lifestyle and get some new habits in place, which is a, a great idea. Others, I think, have just stuck in a box and sort of said, right, there's not a great deal we can do at the moment. Mm. Let's leave it. But what's interesting, let's say, as we talk right now, um, literally over the next week or two, the IVF clinic is going to start reopening. Mm. So some of the conversations I've had over the last week or so since that news kind of broke is that these couples are now having to go back to that box and open up those emotions. Yeah. And uh, that's really interesting. That's something I'd not considered that, mm. okay, now they've got to face that all again, where you've kind of switched off from something. Mm. You've then got to face up to it again and kind of say, okay, right, here we go. Let's let's get ready and do this again, mm. which must be really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you're already, you're, you know, you're already doing so much with these, with these webinars and working with Toby. And, and what, 
what more do you think needs to be done to kind of open up this conversation around fertility further and make sure that both members of, of a couple who are going through this get the support that they need? Uh, yeah, I think on the kind of level that, that I'm working, you know, it's kind of providing that that space and time for guys and, and the resources in in various formats. You know, I can work one-to-one with people, you know, when we're back to normal life in clinic, um, I can also work one-to-one, you know, remotely. Um, I've got a whole program that I've developed so that I can, I can work remotely with any guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's providing those sorts of resources for them, but actually it starts way before anywhere where I would come in. And it really needs to start with kind of GPs and, and kind of clinics really. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, you know, a guy, if he goes to his GP with fertility issues, uh, he'll be asked to do a, a semen analysis. He'll get his, his results. Um, and generally speaking, and, and again, we are speaking in generalizations here, mm. um, he'll be given his results and kind of sent on his way to some degree. Mm. And it's like, well, how, how is that helping him? He needs more resources. He needs more information. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the IVF clinics, you know, and I do think this is changing. Um, again, heavily focused on women and uh, run by gynecologists, but I think they are now becoming increasingly aware of the need to to involve the men a lot more. Mm. And actually, I was speaking to one of the clinics a couple of weeks ago up in London, and, and I think they're now considering bringing the whole kind of male fertility service in-house, which mm. has got to be the way to go because – Although, so one in six couples struggle to conceive, and it's now a case that in 50% of those cases, the issue sits with the man. So mm. the man and the woman need to be treated and investigated fully mm. and, and equally. Mm-hmm. And I think then we will see things begin to change. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is still the case now, but I mean, you know, certainly through sort of representations, in the media and you know they're I'm trying to think how to phrase this do do you still find that when men are told something like you know it's it's the issue is with their sperm or the issue is with their fertility that there is some kind of connotation there like they hear they're being told that they're in some way like almost like not man enough or not good enough yeah definitely um I think for some men, yeah, it can be a massive knock and and you know, real real kind of dent to the ego, and, and that it mm. strikes really deeply for a guy that you know our ability to to procreate. Um, so yeah, it can have a massive impact for guys, and it's kind mm. of interesting. There's a, a webinar I watched a, a couple of months ago by a um, a professor who runs a DNA sperm test, and she was saying that you know, a guy's semen analysis or sperm quality is no it's no it's got no representation of his kind of um him as a man you know it's just a biological thing and for some for some men you know we'll never know why they've got poor sperm um there can be all sorts of genetic or biological reasons um so it's it's important to to try and remember that i think that it is just one of those things and it doesn't reflect on you as a person, as a human being, and as a, as a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that actually feels like a really, 
like powerful note to end on. Um, but is there anything that you want to say today that that we haven't yet covered? Like if you could speak to universally sort of any, you know, any guy that finds himself struggling with the emotional side of the fertility process, what would you say to, to that person? Um, I think I'd say reach out. Reach out and talk to somebody, um, but somebody you can trust or potentially somebody who's been through the journey or understands the journey. Um, I think, you know, with this webinar that I ran a couple of weeks ago, there was that kind of sense of guys don't want to go and talk to other guys that, that don't understand it um, or haven't been through it. Because if you haven't been through it or, or aren't aware of it, that, you know, you don't, people don't know what to say or, or what to do. Mm-hmm. So actually for the guys that are in the position where they need some support and help, then yeah, reach out somewhere like Fertility Network UK, mm-hmm. um, somebody like myself, actually just get out there and actually talk. And once you open up, um, you will feel so much better about it. And actually then you can move on and start, you know, doing some practical things around supporting yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And, you know, this, thank you so much, because this, this has been a really interesting conversation for, for me to have as, you know, yeah. someone that I, you know, I, I don't want children, I'm, I'm not going to go through this process. And this isn't really something I spend too much time thinking about. But of course, with BelongCon, you know, we want to provide that platform for, for all sorts of, of these conversations and to engage with conversations we, we wouldn't normally to, to kind of gain a, a better understanding of what other people are, are going through. So thank you so much for, for, for having this conversation and, and sharing all of this. And I, I really, really hope that it, it helps some people to hear. I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Well, um, my pleasure. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to get this, this message out. It's, um, it's brilliant. And any way that we can um, is it, hugely helpful. And where can people find you and connect with you online if they want to reach out to you after listening to this? Uh, so my website is hovefertilityandwellness.co.uk. Um, email is ian at hovefertilityandwellness.co.uk. Um, my mobile number is 07740300465. And um, I have a, a Facebook page, Acupuncture Hove, Ian Stone's Acupuncture Hove. Um, I am on Instagram, but I have to say I only started that about three weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not uh, I'm not the social media generation, I think. Um, but just reach out, just find me some way. Google Ian Stones, and you should find me. Um, and just reach out and get in touch. I offer a free discovery consultation for anybody who wants to find out more about what I do uh, and whether I can help or not. Um, it's just nice to chat to people and see if I can help. Fantastic. And we will put notes, uh, we'll, we'll put in the show notes, all of the links you mentioned so that people can just click and and connect with you. Awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Ian. It's been really great to chat and have a fantastic rest of your Sunday. Thank you. And you. Thank you so much for listening. You will find links to connect with Ian online as well as some more information about his next webinar in the show notes. To keep updated about future podcast episodes, upcoming events, blogs and more, you can follow us at BelongCon on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
If you stumbled upon this episode and want to find out more about us, then you can head on over to belongcon.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do check out our past 20 episodes and please do subscribe and rate and review wherever you're listening on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or anywhere else, as this really helps other people to find these conversations. This episode was hosted by me, Alice Reeves, and produced by Elijah Peart. Thank you.